This is the Off Mic Podcast, a radio show about radio life. Here's your host, Drew Dalby. I am Blake Carter. I am the afternoon co-host on the Drive Show at Kiss 25 with Adam Wilde. So we are Blake and Wilde. And where did you first get the idea that you might want to try this radio thing? It was in Vancouver, where I'm from. I was working a job that I fell into completely randomly. I met a girl through a guy I was dating. We were actually having some cocktails at a club, and she said, you know, you should take this job that I'm leaving, and it was reception at the beat in Vancouver. So I had never thought about radio, always thought I wanted to do acting, and thought, okay, I'll be working downtown, maybe I can go to more auditions, and instead ended up falling in love with radio and ending up on a morning show as my first actual radio gig. That's a hell of a leap from... Yeah, sorry, <laughs> that, that jumped a lot and quite quickly. Station receptionist. To morning show. Okay, we're yes. going to have to explore this a little bit. So you said that acting was a thing for you. Did you take any classes, like drama classes or anything for that? Yes, I was always in drama, always doing like school plays. I was Joseph in Joseph and the Tech Color Dreamcoat. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I, I took acting classes outside of school. I even, you know, right after high school, I, I thought I was very cool. I saved my money and went downtown and took them from this awesome teacher, Brenda Crislow in Vancouver, and I thought I was really going to do that. But auditions are hard, um, <laughs> maybe even harder than radio. And so when I started working at The Beat and they had me voicing commercials, because they just needed, you know, extra voices. And um, the morning show there I became friendly with, and I really have to say it was probably Kid Carson, who does uh, Kiss in Vancouver now, who was there formerly Sonic, now he's Kiss. He used to be at The Beat with Mira and Amy. He started putting me on their morning show. As I was the character, I was the receptionist. Oh, so you're playing a little bit in the in the real life, or were you a over the top receptionist? I think I was probably just like the, the wildest person at the station at that point, and I was I was still probably I was about nineteen twenty ish. So I was going out a lot, just getting into like downtown life. So they would just kind of bother me, and I made some inappropriate comments, which you learn really quickly in radio. Be careful who hears those comments because they will put you live on the radio to repeat them. <laughs> So that's going to happen with, with me and Kid Carson. I, I made something, a comment about a really hot, angry postal worker. And Kid Carson called me without any warning and was, well, there was warning. There was, you're live on the radio, don't swear. Now tell us again what you said about this guy. And so from there, they kept using me. Uh, Chris Myers was the program director at the time. And he, I guess, liked what he heard and asked me if I'd ever be interested in moving to Saskatoon. And at the time, I'm like what the hell do you do in Saskatoon? <laughs> Not knowing he was, he had been planning to move back there. That's where he wanted to raise his family, where he grew up. And, and so jump a few steps. I ended up going to do the morning show at Wire 96.3 in Saskatoon. So really you had no formal training and minimal formal experience, but Myers was just one of those guys that saw something in you and thought you could really be in addition to what was going to be his new team when he made his jump. Yes. Oh, I had I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> no, I still don't. I still feel like I show up every day and I'm just like waiting for everybody to figure it out that I'm just faking it. But yeah, Chris, Chris is really awesome. He's really great at discovering new talent and he saw something and I had to prove myself a lot, you know, because I was coming into a morning show known as the girl who was the receptionist. Obviously, it's worked out. You've gone on and done some pretty awesome things, but at the time, you know, you're going from Vancouver to Saskatoon, which in itself, unless you've been out to the prairies, that's a culture shock right there. 
It was a little shocking. I remember I showed up and it was winter and I think it was just before Christmas and I had two suitcases full of all my belongings. I was about 22 years old and I remember my mom had booked me into some hotel. I think it might have been the senator in Saskatoon and she just saw pictures online and when I got there I realized this was not a hotel anyone stayed at it was above a pub it was just (laughs) it was a hotel maybe you rent for a few hours right so I kind of got in and that's when I got into the scary hotel room and I'm like oh my gosh I've really just moved for the first time like across Canada for this job I know nothing really about I don't know what to expect I'm on my own and I kind of had a minor freak out but from, from there things were good all of us um Carly Calvary, she was the GM at the time at Wired, and uh, myself, Mark Michaels, who I was working with, and DJ Trouble, who's in Vancouver at KISS as well, we all lived with our boss for like the first few months that we were in Saskatoon. So that was kind of cool, because I had the support of everyone else who had just moved there. Well, yeah, it becomes like a flop house at that point. It was, and it was, you know what, I have to say, for Saskatoon, living at your boss's house, it was a really great experience. Like, we had lots of barbecues and dinner and drinking, and also, we didn't launch right away. There were some issues with the paperwork, so when we thought we were going to launch Wired, we couldn't, and we were set back, like, months. So we had all these people that had moved to town for this station, basically, sitting on our butts. So you really got to know each other. Absolutely, yeah, you, you have no choice at that point. Now, you go from never doing radio whatsoever to being in a co-host position, which if you've ever been in radio in a co-host position, there's a transition there because you have to get used to somebody else. You have to develop that chemistry, that give and take. You said you were working with Mark Michaels. How was that when you finally got onto the air? Well, maybe not going on air right away was kind of a godsend because we got to know each other. And even the first night we hung out, obviously we went out to like a local Saskatoon bar, all of us everyone who had just been hired, and we just drank together. That's I, I really learned about drinking when I first got into radio, That's what, especially in the prairies in winter when it was, I think it was like minus 40 my first week there. We, we, we were really, really lucky. We meshed right away. We became like instant best friends. We had to. We were all living together. And for my first experience, I was really blessed. And we also had Kathy Lishka, and she, who I believe is Kathy Donnelly now, she's married, um, so we had, she was news, and I didn't know anything else, so it wasn't like I went to, from doing my own show, and now I have to be a co-host and let someone else lead, you know, or I went from being a host to a co-host, so that's all I knew, and I was also really grateful to have someone like Mark Michaels, who had all the experience, kind of show me what to do. Now, you had the on-air experience, minimal as it may have been, from the beat in Vancouver. Over the phone. I wasn't using a microphone or anything like that. Oh, I didn't wow. even know how to... Like they would just call me at my desk or they would call my phone before I started when I was still sleeping and wake me up and harass me. So I had never even talked, other than maybe doing some, some commercials and stuff for the beat, I really didn't even know how to properly speak into a microphone. I still don't. I just copy whatever Adam does, really. When you got onto the air for the first time, that first day, that first show with Mark on Wired, what was the feeling going through your head as you were getting ready for that first break? Oh, I was crapping my pants. Obviously, <laughs> we were we were a brand new station, and we did. I don't know if you ever heard about this, but we did this really crazy idea that Paige, our consultant, came up with, where we launched as Santa FM. So we played nonstop Christmas music, so people didn't know what we were going to be. And then they had us. We hired all these um, people who worked in Saskatoon, a bunch of kids, to dress up like Santas, and we did as well. We all dressed up in full Santa suits with beards and everything, and we marched around Saskatoon, downtown Saskatoon, with signs that said Santa FM. 
And, of course, it rained, and it was disgusting. And I swear to God, I will never wear a costume like that again. But then we did the whole flip the switch thing where we did a countdown, and everyone who was going to be on air counted down until we went on air. So not only was my first on-air experience, like, my first one, and it's scary, but we had every single talent, bosses, everyone in the room at the same time as we went on the air. So it was terrifying. Understandable. Yeah, that's, and I mean, <laughs> especially if you're going to go through that much effort, I assume it's going to pay off. Or at the very least, you're going to have the curiosity factor. So not only everybody in the room, but now you also know a good chunk of Saskatoon, which is a decent sized Canadian city, is tuning in at the very least to figure out if this is something they're going to love or hate. Yeah, everybody wants to know what the hell is going on. I think my mom was the only person who loved Santa FM. <laughs> She's obsessed with Christmas music. She was like, just keep it like this. Yeah, why are you guys changing? This is a terrible decision. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was definitely terrifying. I have no idea what we said after we flipped and launched. Like it was it was a blur from there. When did you feel that you started to get the hang of things? How long did it take before you started to feel comfortable coming into the studio in the morning? Wow. Again, I was really lucky working with Mark because we had instant chemistry. So I have to say I had it really easy. You know, Kathy handled all the serious stuff, all the, our news girl, and Mark really handled a lot of the prep. I just had to start doing the entertainment. And before I got into radio, I wasn't really so much into, like, I'd never looked at PrezHilton.com. Like, that was not my thing. I didn't care. Like, I love music, but I didn't care about the, you know, the gossipy entertainment news side of it. So I had to, okay, now I've got to start paying attention to what everyone's doing, what people are wearing. And so, like, I just had to kind of have that covered, and I was super lucky to have, you know, Mark was really great. You can say whatever you want, and he's got to come back. And I've kind of been like that my whole life. Like, my parents have always called me motor mouth, and <laughs> I always kind of had something to say. So it was. I was lucky to go on air, and it was just joking around with my good friends. You know, and, and the only time I got scared was when I had to do something on my own. That's And to this day, if I have to do a show on my own, I, I still get anxiety. My hands will get a little bit shaky. As long as I can be a co-host and I'm on the other side of the board, I am good. I am comfortable. I will talk to anybody. But when I have to do a show, just me, and I have to push buttons, I am to this day, I think, what is it? I think seven years I've been doing this now, and I'm still absolutely mortified. Well, I mean, to be fair, though, even if Adam goes on vacation, your show generally has about 47 interns on any given show, so... <laughs> You're never really alone. We have so many interns. Yeah, we, we, we've we cut them down. We've had to cut them down. A lot of our interns have left us for jobs. We've hired one of our interns, our producer, Jesse, who I think is just one of the biggest talents out there. He's our producer. He was our intern. Yeah, but I still would have to work the board. if I'm trying to train them. I'm like, you guys need to learn the board so I never have to touch it again. <laughs> but yeah, I guess, sorry, to answer your question, that was a big, long circle. I... I'm comfortable. I've always, I'm comfortable at any time just talking with people. But when it's just me, that's when I still, to this day in radio, I'm, I'm still nervous and I still feel like it's my first day. So Myers takes you to Saskatoon. You basically develop a new family out on the prairies. Things are going well on the morning show. What led you to make the jump away from there? A few things. Well, first of all, Mark left me. Bastard. I'm so bitter about that. He got an offer in Calgary, which he obviously had to take. And it was just myself and Kathy, and they hired a new guy, and things didn't go as well with him. It With Mark, it was like instant chemistry. This is easy. With the new guy, we just weren't working well. 
So they tried, they moved me and uh, DJ Trouble, who was in the evenings, to drive, and they moved Brandy Rucka, who was on afternoons to mornings, with the new guy to see if they could work together. Afternoons was completely different, and I realized really quickly, like, oh, I'm kind of missing my morning show. Like, it, it, I got to sleep in, but it just, it was a little different. And it wasn't soon after I did that that I'm like, nope, I really, really want to be on a morning show. So I kind of started looking at some other options. And then the person that they had with Brandy still wasn't working out. So that's when they brought in Ryder. And I remember, obviously, you know, Ryder, you've had him on the show. Uh, I was pissed because I'm like, I wish I could have worked with Ryder because he's incredible. And him and Brandy killed it for a while. But I went to, that's when I started looking at other options. And I got hired by AMP in Calgary and where I went and worked with Buzz Bishop on a morning show. Buzz is, is crazy because, like, I grew up listening to Buzz in Vancouver. Right. That's I forgot he'd been out there. Yeah. So to work with someone that I had actually listened to was slightly terrifying. But Buzz was also really cool. And Calgary was another cool city. All these I love these towns. Like, I love Saskatoon. I love Calgary. I just hate the winters. Why? I'd live there forever <laughs> if they didn't have these winters. You got to get, uh, get yourself nice and big and famous so that you can start taking the show on the road come wintertime. Yes. Yes. We're just going to do, like, breakfast in Jamaica for all of winter. <laughs> I don't see how that can't be a ratings killer. Uh, so you make the move to Calgary. Uh, yeah, let's start with that. So the city, did you have trepidations about moving there? Or after Saskatoon, did it just seem like, okay, this is going to be good? I was I was excited. I was really excited to get back on a morning show. A lot of Saskatoon people, um, and I'm sure Regina people, as you know, they, the big city they moved to is Calgary. So I had a lot of friends there already. I had been there a few times. I wasn't as scared. It wasn't as scary as, you know, moving to Saskatoon for my first job. And I was moving closer to my family, cheaper flights. So I was excited about that. It was a lot different. Again, I feel like I was really spoiled with my first morning show. We got away with a lot. We got to talk as much as we want. We did a lot of stuff that you could never do on the radio now. And so at AMP, things were a little stricter. A little so more buttoned down. Yeah. And... And that was and that was good. And I did. Buzz and I got along pretty well. I, I did like working with him. But I, the next job kind of came. They came after me, which was just shocking to me. I, you don't, you talk on the radio every day, and you still forget that people are actually listening to you. <laughs> or at least you, know, you hope I, they are. Yeah, well, you hope they are. And so when you find out they are, you're kind of shocked. So I actually got an email to my work email, which made me crap my pants, asking if me if I could meet with the program director of Chum FM in Toronto. Wow, was he in Calgary? He, well, I didn't know at the time, and he said, I want to talk to you, and I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, I'm actually here. Can we meet for drinks tomorrow? So we met, and we talked, and I had never been to Toronto, but I always saw Toronto as, like, you know, be all, end all. That's where you go. And also, I still had that little hope of I'm going to do something to do with TV. Like, maybe I can be a talk show host or, you know, host entertainment. So I came back to AMP, and I, I told, at first I told Buzz, and I remember Buzz was like, chum, you are so not chum. And I remember I was super offended that he said that but then once I packed up moved went to Toronto to host an evening show on chum it took me like one shift to be like I am so not chum so that was it was a huge shock to go from you know mornings trying out afternoons back to mornings and then doing an evening show in Toronto was like completely insane all right I want to backtrack a little bit first of all as we've talked about Buzz Bishop has uh, some serious credentials in the industry uh, yes. After working with you know Mark, who now is the kind of guy that you could look at and be like, that guy is a wealth of experience. But at the time, he was just getting into this too. Uh, what was it like going from working with somebody who was kind of coming up with you to working with somebody who is one of those guys that you just assume knows everything about radio? They're definitely completely different people, different styles, but... 
you know, Buzz hadn't been working currently, like right before he had gotten the job. So he was kind of, I think, a little nervous too. You know, he he was kind of nervous about how it was going to go, and he was also excited. And I never, I never, he never ever made me feel like, wow, I know way more than you. Or I can't believe I'm working with this kid. Oh, no, no. I I meant more from the perspective of, like, if you ever had a question, were you able to just ask him and and learn from what he was able to say? Yes. Like, I could, they, Mark and Buzz both taught me so much. And I, and to me, like, when I first started working with Mark, he was the wealth of knowledge because he had way more experience than me and knew everything. And I was just kind of, and I think kind of going back to your question, when did you feel comfortable? I think I felt for a long time and it wasn't until maybe I was um, at KISS where I am now that I felt like, okay, I, I do know what I'm doing and I do deserve to be here. I think coming into this industry as a receptionist and kind of, I guess, falling into a job, I always felt like I had to prove myself and like I had to kind of be quiet about things because, you know, I wasn't a real radio person. So I kind of let Buzz take the lead, and I did. I did learn a lot from him, and I was lucky. I could mess up and say anything, and, and he was really great at helping me. Now you mentioned that TV was something. Does this go back to your desire to be an actress when you first yeah, started? Yeah, I I kind of assumed you know okay, so if I can't, I'm not going to act in any movies. I haven't done anything to do, related to do with acting in forever, but maybe you know I can be on ET Canada or you know like hosting some sort of TV show, and I thought that'd be cool. But my like as my idol, my goal at the time was like to do like a Chelsea Lately type show. Chelsea Handler is just the most amazing thing ever. And I was like, this is what I want to do. So maybe if I go to Toronto, this is what I'll do. And coming to Toronto and doing an evening show, well, you're working in evenings. So I didn't even really see people. Like I was there at nighttime, you know, the only time I really met people in the office was when I'd come in for my training or when I first got hired. And then, so I'm kind of starting to realize as I'm doing this evening show, probably not going to happen for me. Because I'm not, I'm not seeing any of the people I want to see and get, getting introduced, you know? Now, you said that Buzz told you you are so not chum. And you yes. were insulted by it, but then you got out there and realized that he was right. What does that mean for those of us that have never been to chum? Chum is an awesome station, and they've been around forever, and they absolutely, like, always kill it. And they're huge heritage favorite station. I'm just, I think, a little bit more wild (laughs) and perhaps at the time like now I feel like I'm a million years old so I don't want to say I was too young but I think maybe at the time I was too young and too new in this business to be on chum and I came from doing you know morning show bits long talk breaks joking around to now I'm doing quick in and out intros you know not as and not as personality heavy right you're just there to facilitate the music yeah and I and I had to kind of learn all the things I didn't learn like most people who go to radio school I didn't learn that stuff so now it felt like I was learning a whole new kind of radio which again I'm really thankful for because it taught me to be like creative quickly you get in you get out you don't have that much talk time so you've got to make them love you in like eight seconds and was it just you on this evening show yeah it was just me seven to midnight so terrifying then absolutely terrifying (laughs) learning a whole new board a whole new system a whole new city Again, I'm working I'm working hours so I'm off work when everyone's at work and then I'm going to work when everyone's leaving work, you know? So it was making it was it was just a, for me in a new city I found it a difficult shift and I kind of got into my own little hole, but I realize now looking back at it like I did I learned a lot. I learned I learned a ton doing that. And I think everybody I think it's great for people to work all different shifts because then you can appreciate it and you never you never know where you're going to end up. You can be doing morning show and then doing weekends. You have no idea where you're going to end up and for me Tom was totally humbling too because I ended up losing my job at Chum. They got rid of me 
And the whole time I was there, I was thinking, I don't know if this is what I want to do. Should I be looking somewhere else? And then it was like a huge slap in the face. I got let go for the first time in my life. And at any job, I'd never been let go or fired from a job. And it was just typical radio. We're restructuring. We're making some changes. And you're one of them. Bye. Was like, no, I was going to quit. But yeah, yes. you can't. Oh. That's that's kind of what it felt like that, but I also felt like I started to kind of feel like maybe I know what I'm doing, and then I'm like, I actually have no clue, and you have that moment of, am I doing the right thing? Do I go back to school? Do I find a new career? Do I work a nine-to-five? Do You know, you think all these things, and you get really depressed, and do I move home? Do I call my mom crying, which obviously I did all of those things, and then you have like five seconds to feel sorry for yourself, and then you've got to get back to looking for jobs, and that's when I really realized how many awesome people are in this industry like people in this industry I had no idea knew who I was I never really spoken to reached out to me right away been there been in your situation keep your head up you should talk to this person you should talk to this person radio is really as much as like we're all fighting for each other's jobs at the same time we're all really a family Oh, absolutely. And it's crazy, especially now with Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and all these other ways that people can connect without ever having met each other. Yes! Uh, I feel like I have, like, best friends in radio that I've never even met. It's just this bizarre thing. It's, It's always been, like, a family in the industry, but now... It's like that crazy family where you've got aunts and uncles in Florida that you never <laughs> talk to, but they look at all your Facebook exactly. pictures. It's a weird they goddamn know family. They your whole life without even meeting you. So <laughs> it, it, was, it was one of like the worst things and then the best things. And so many people in radio have said to me, you know, the job I got, like if you haven't been fired in radio, you really haven't been in radio like a few times. And the job that you get next is usually a better or your dream job. And that's really what happened to me. It took a while and I had a bunch of meetings that went nowhere and I really questioned myself. And then I went to KISS and I got a meeting with Karen Steele, my program director. And she was, we had an awesome meeting. We laughed, we connected. And she was like, you're really cool, but I don't have anything for you. <laughs> so <laughs> oh. it was it was a lot of meetings like that. And then I got a call back again. Julie Adam wanted to meet with me and she was so freaking cool too. And it was the same thing. Like, well, you know, maybe if you're willing to move, we don't really have anything in Toronto. And I remember I walked out of that meeting and sat in my boyfriend at the time's car and I like cried on the street, on Bloor Street. I sat in the car and I'm not a crier, but when you lose your job, you start to cry a lot. And I really thought I'm going to have to give this up. And then it was like a few days later, they're like, do you mind coming in to like try out a weekend shift? And that's kind of where everything kind of snowballed from there. Now, did it ever, because you said that some of them said, would you be willing to move? Were you willing to move away from Toronto or had you set roots there at that point? Um, I, the thing is I had moved, like I had moved from Vancouver, Saskatoon to Calgary to Toronto. And I just, I felt like, well, I'd been here, I think over, a year and a half, maybe two years, and I just started dating someone new, and they were actually moving back from the city they had moved to to live with me in Toronto. So I got let go on Thursday. They were get, they were moving back on the Friday. So oh. I've just you know started dating someone new. We're moving into a new place together, and I've and I've made the move from Montreal back to Toronto. Not made them, but that's how the relationship was going. And then I lost my job. So I really. I didn't want to move because I'm like, I feel like I came to Toronto for a reason. There was a reason my path has led me here. I'm finally dating someone in Toronto and they've just moved here for me and their families here. And so I kind of felt like I can't leave yet. Well, and you can't turn around and go, hey, thanks for coming. Uh, it's been great having you out here. Yeah. <laughs> now we have to go to Grand Prairie, Alberta or something yeah, like that. <laughs> but, you know, at this point and even now in my career, like I that's how you have to be in radio. You have to be ready to move. And I've lived in the cities and I love them. And I've made some of the best friends I've made in my whole entire life in Saskatoon and in Calgary. So if I had to move again, I would just, 
I would just do it. It's not the end of the world. But I was pretty determined to stay in Toronto. So when they called me up to do like a fill-in weekend shift, I was like, yes, thank you, God. I will do whatever you want. Just keep me here in Toronto. So we've talked about it throughout the show that being on your own is nerve-wracking, terrifying, stressful. But now here you're given this solo weekend fill-in and you know that this is basically a live audition. And this goes back all the way to you being an actress where you said auditions were the hardest part. Yes. Did that hold true for your radio audition? <laughs> yes, it's terrifying because I'm on a new station again because I've been on Chum and that's like a different sort of different music. This is a third different system now I'm working with that I'd never learned before, but I got to work with some really cool people there. They totally helped me out. They were incredibly encouraging. Karen Steele was amazing. Uh, Mike Raliga, who is now at Indie 88 here in Toronto, he was the program director, or the music director at the time, and they, they, they really helped me. They knew I was kind of scared on my own. They knew, you know, I just, everyone's lost their job, I guess, in this industry, so they knew how I was feeling, and they were awesome. But I never, ever, when I first came there, did I expect to be where I am now. I thought that I was definitely going to be doing like, you know, their new weekend swing person or maybe evenings. I wasn't sure. And it was actually like, I was almost at my wit's end. Like, Hey, I need to be full time. What's going on? Cause I've been doing part time for a while. And I'm like, Hey, I got to start paying my bills and I need to have my big girl job. And I don't think I can just do swing. I'm going to have to start applying and maybe move and go to a smaller market again, just so I can get middays or you know, just more full-time work. And I got called in for a meeting. I wasn't sure what was going on. I thought, you know, maybe they're letting me go. Maybe they're over me. And that's when they offered me the drive show with Adam Wilde. And you took it, obviously, immediately. Obviously. I was going to that meeting. I'm like, what's happening? Another one of these meetings that has come out of nowhere. And I've been asked to come in when I'm not supposed to be working. And I'm like, oh, no. And they're like, hey, would you be interested in drive? I'm like, Oh, yes, I would. Are you kidding me? Now, working yeah. at the station, because Adam had been there for a while with a different co-host on the afternoon show. So I'm assuming yes. by this point, before they offered you the job, you'd had a chance to at least a little bit maybe get to know Adam? Well, I had met both of them in passing. I had come in and done kind of crossovers with them when I was filling in on the evening shift. And I loved both of them. And that was also pretty hard because I started to become friends with both of them. We had plans to go, you know, have dinner together and and we all, all three of us had really good chemistry. And in my head, I was like, that would be cool if they randomly put me as like, if they did a three-person drive show. It would never happen, but that would be cool. Never in my wildest dreams did I think they were going to let go of one of them and put me in his place, which was, which was hard, which you feel like I definitely felt the guilt for, you know, and I, st I still do. You never, ever, ever want to take anyone's job in this industry, especially when you know what it feels like. You know, to be replaced and lose your job. Having but, just come off it yourself, especially. Yeah. So it was, it was like, it was hard. It was bittersweet because I'm excited, but then I'm also feeling awful. And Adam and I just, again, it was like with like Adam and Mark Michaels, completely different people. But again, it was like instantly when we just did the crossovers, we just clicked and we just had that chemistry for us. It's been more working on like technical stuff than actually, you know, having a good repertoire together. Well, and it is funny that you talk about sort of being more of the conversational and, and that sort of thing and, and not knowing a lot about the technical side because that's exactly what Adam would tell you about himself as well. <laughs> so the idea of taking the two of you and throwing you into a studio and being like, all right, make a radio show, it's like, wow, that sounds like a fire hazard. It does, and it, and it is. And I, I don't know how they ever thought it was going to be a good idea, but so far it's, it's been working, and so far they're happy with us. But, yeah, we're both we're very much the same and also very much different, and it's, it's, it's working so far. So 
Hopefully. We'll see. You never know. Tomorrow, (laughs) I could have no job again. It's radio. Well, that's exactly how it works. I do have to give you kudos, though, for getting your name first on the marquee. You know what? I just got asked about that the other day as well. Someone's like, how did you guys do that? And it just just sounded better. Thankfully, my name (laughs) sounded better first. (laughs) But it's definitely wild. Like, he's, I can, like, they say we're equal, and I say, you know, he is the host. I'm happy being co-host. I don't need to be the host because the host works the board. So when things go wrong, it's the host's fault. So I am fine to sit on the other side of the board and just run my mouth. That is my favorite thing to do. I'm not going to lie. Like, I went to radio school, and I wanted to get into radio before radio school, and I've been doing this for uh, however many years, and all I want is exactly what you have. I want to sit across from somebody who will push the buttons. (laughs) I am very like I am very blessed right now. I am I know this is cushy. Not for me, not having to touch the board. Like there's, I still do a lot of other stuff, and we talked a little bit about like social media and how everything's changed. There's a lot going on that I I don't just sit there with my feet up every right. day. But I I love this, and you know if this show ever fell apart again, I would be as fast as I could trying to be a co-host somewhere else. And and if I have to do it on my own. I'm, I can do it. I'm one of those people, and I always say to every boss I have, just tell me what you want me to do, and I can do it. I, I learned from basically nothing, and I'm good at picking things up. So if I had to do a show on my own again, I could totally do it. Do I want to? I prefer to be a co-host. I love being a co-host. Now, there has been a bit of a meteoric rise with the two of you in your show. I mean, now you're, you're syndicated in how many markets across the country now? Uh, we, I know. This, that is, is very crazy to me. I didn't even know about – see, like, Adam is good at that kind of technical stuff, like – I didn't even know about syndication, and like I said, I'm not a radio person, so I didn't even know this kind of stuff was possible, whereas Adam dreams, like, big. Like, he's like, we need to be doing this, this, and this, whereas I'm just like, okay, cool. (laughs) Like, I'll show up. Um, We were in three markets, and now they have brought back Pepper and Dylan in Edmonton, so they've moved the Mike Shalhoub show that were the morning show. They've moved them to the afternoon, and so that was kind of our spot. So we're not in Edmonton anymore, but we are still in Kingston and Victoria. So I assume this means you hate Pepper and Dylan now. No, no, no. Taking food no, out of your mouth. All. Come on, get angry, Blake. No, Come on. No, I don't. I don't at all, honestly. <laughs> like, the syndication stuff is so bizarre to me. Like, we kind of just, we show up, we record some stuff, you know, we send it off. Like, it, it's our producer, Jesse, that does all the heavy lifting. Again, I'm just showing up and running my mouth. So not doing Edmonton or doing Edmonton didn't really change things. If anything, it made our producer have a little bit less work so he could spend more time on the Toronto show, you know, and interacting with us during the show like we're all such good friends like i hate it when jesse our producer is like super busy working on other stuff i'm like take off your headphones pay attention to me i want to laugh about this stuff on facebook with you <laughs> so yeah no i'm i'm super pumped I, i'm i'm happy for edmonton and i hope that they they kill it and i know they will everybody loves pepper and dylan and i just i adore uh mike and helena the mike Shalou show i think they're just incredible talents as well i got the chance to finally meet them at canadian music week and we are again a pretty big family so i'm just i'm happy for them you know no one lost any jobs it's okay i still have my job so i'm good now you've said it you you love what you're doing right now and you don't want it to end if it does you you're ready to get back in somewhere else so normally i ask people what the future holds i guess for you it's just continuing to try and be what you currently are yeah i i would love to like kiss has a pretty solid lineup right now like rosa mocha show are huge so no one's touching them like they are the show and i'm fine with that we get to do a morning show in the afternoon which is pretty freaking cool there's not many people that get to do that so i'm i'm definitely happy doing this mornings again i would never turn my nose up at. I, I love mornings. I sleep weird patterns and weird hours, so mornings are awesome. I'm still totally interested in TV, and Adam right now, he's been doing some work on BT and Your World This Week and that kind of entertainment stuff, so I'm super jealous, and Mike 
if he like ends up dead, it was probably me because I'm trying to take over that. But yeah, and I'm and I'm working on a few side projects with um, Rogers TV stuff, and hopefully, you know, that takes off. But I am I'm really happy at Kiss. We have really we we have a lot of people we work with that are pretty cool, and you know, it like I've, I've said a million times, it can all go away tomorrow. But I'm I'm happy right here. I feel like I can stay here and still build other things, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and well, and that's such a big part of radio, right? Especially modern radio is. You've got to be able to do a show. You've got to be able to do it well. But you've also, it seems, you've got to be able to do other things as well to just continue to oh push my your brand. You have to. You ne- and you never know what's going to happen, right? So if you can be doing voice work or side TV projects or a- anything, like just having some, I've already, I'm always like complaining to my boyfriend, like I need to get my money in. So I have no money, but I'm like, I need to get my overdraft into something else just so because radio and entertainment is so scary. So you should be doing other things, and I'm hoping to do other things as well. And, of course, if you've ever looked at my Facebook page, I'm completely obsessed with animals and, more importantly, dogs. So, like, my goal is to have some sort of dog sanctuary at the end of it. If I could be doing, like, a radio show out of my basement with my dog sanctuary and my, like, small farm upstairs, I will be happy. One uh, note of advice. When looking for side projects, I would not recommend losing money on a podcast about radio. <laughs> just just a heads up and i mean i'm not not from experience or anything but okay your podcast is huge your podcast is killing it but it, it is a money pit <laughs> is it see i wouldn't that's the thing and we we talk about doing podcasts and i think everyone is doing podcasts now you're lucky you got it when you did like everyone has a podcast i wouldn't even know how to like set one up at my house or like <laughs> what cord goes in what so i, I need to find a partner so if you want to go into business I'm here. All right. I just I can't really do any of the technical stuff. That's fair. That's fair. I've I've already figured <laughs> out most of that. So you just have to get into a new place that has better cell reception. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> about that. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Cool. One thing that I want to say is normally we ask our guests what advice they would have for people who are in radio school or thinking about going into radio school. For you, I guess the question would be, what advice do you have for receptionists that want to make it big? (laughs) You have to make sure that you make friends with every single person that walks through that door. And even if you're in school, you never know who you're going to work with. And it really, a lot of the time, it comes down to who you know. And when I was a receptionist, just the way I am, like anytime someone came in, I made friends with them. And all the record reps, like I would get concert tickets and when they still bring CDs by the office, I would get my own CDs because I just... I talked to everybody, and that's how people knew about me. You know, the morning show wasn't running up to reception and saying, how was your night last night? How are you going? Whereas when they walked in, I was talking to them. It's making friends with as many people as you can and connecting, and I think I think that's just it. And also, I think I have a new little disclaimer, and that's for social media, because I'm seeing I have, like, a lot of kids and, and people in school that follow me, and the stuff they're posting is just insane. And I'm, I don't think people, this generation is still clued in that, that we can see your social media and your future boss can see it. So you just really need to be careful <laughs> what you post and who you're tearing apart because people are going to see that and that really does affect you now in the workforce as opposed to before, like no one knew what the hell you were doing on MySpace. Yeah, well, I, I think there's still three or four guys in radio that are on MySpace. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's, it, it's really easy to connect now with stuff like that. So connect with as many people as you can and just, you know, it's, it's reaching out to people and if I have to start over again and be an intern tomorrow, I guess I would totally do it, especially if I could intern on a show like ours because our interns have, have all done really awesome stuff like uh, Travis Hay, Sassy Travis, and Sue, Susan Whistler, Tyler, 
Tyler Barr, and now we have Jesse, our producer. And I think just starting wherever you can, not being afraid to move if you have to, just do it. You've spoken highly about, well, just your interns just now, and of course you said great things about Adam and Buzz and Mark Michaels and all these other people that you've worked with. Is there anybody else in the industry right now that you are a fan of? Like, if you were living in their market, you'd listen to their show every day? Kit Carson, I, if I was back in Vancouver, I'd be listening to him and Randy Chase and and, uh, and Andrew and Susie. I, I do listen to them, like, from the magic of apps and all that stuff, like when I'm getting ready, I do listen to their show at Kiss in Vancouver. I'm trying to think who else I listen to. I listen, I listen to some other podcasts that aren't in Canada, like so, just to get ideas. But I never even knew about podcasts and things like that till I met Adam. So he kind of put helped me put apps on my phone and listen to that stuff. But again, like our interns, like Tyler Barr, who's in Whistler, he's going to be huge one day. So you need to be listening to him now. And I, I definitely, and I do love the stations here too. Like I know I probably shouldn't shout them out, but I listen to the rock stations like Indy, one of the new stations, Indy 88 and Fred and Mel who do the morning show, uh, the edge. Uh, they're incredible. All right. Well, that is the end of the show today. Thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. I am so surprised that neither of my dogs started like hysterically <laughs> barking or yapping during the middle of that. It's gone well, I think. Is it good? Is it okay? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's good. Well, I mean, we're not quite done yet because oh, now okay. you have to channel your inner solo radio host. Oh my goodness. And introduce the spin of the week. Okay, so this this is actually a new song. We were actually we're working on a little secret YouTube project right now and one of the new hits that we picked was a song with Majid Jordan and it features Drake and they are the people that wrote Just Hold On We're Going Home, that that Drake song. So now this is like their song and it's called My Love featuring Drake. I had an idea in my head. I pictured this going differently. I meant every word that I said You should have spent more time listening All the things that I put a hold on All for you to hit me with a hold on What makes you so ready right now? After I waited on you for so long Why you wanna be my
to show them off and shine them up and line them up. Oh, I'm not your trophy, baby. I won't let you show me off or shine me up or line me up. No. for listening to the off mic podcast follow the show online at off mic podcast on twitter or like the show on facebook if there's a guest you'd like to hear on the show email off mic podcast at gmail.com the off mic podcast is a part of the dolby radio network